With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the fade. I am Clay Travis. She is Kelly Stewart at Kelly in Vegas. And we are here to hopefully make you filthy rich. Now, to be fair, I am in New York City. I am on a Zoom uh, camera right now. So everyone who says, oh, your backdrop, whatever, I don't know how to do anything on Zoom. All right. So uh, the fact that I'm able to even stare directly into this camera right now and talk to all of you is, in my opinion, a marvel of incredible technology. So if you are befuddled, if you are thrown askew by my backdrop, then focus entirely on Kelly while you listen to my melodic tunes. All right. Does that solve everything, Kelly? Um, let's. Should we go NFL first or college football first? Oh, let's go college football first. This week's NFL card has just got me in, like, just, it has got my brain in, a like, just a twisted pretzel. As you know, I tweeted out, I said, something is going on with this NFL season. I see a stat that says the public is, like, 40. I saw you share that. I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm getting killed. So this week, I really wanted to focus some extra time on NFL I think sometimes, um, and I'm not putting myself in the sharp category here, we can really start to overthink things. So I'm going to kind of reverse engineer uh, some stuff with the NFL slate this week, but my goodness, has it been a bloodbath. You're going to go full Costanza. Do you remember the the Seinfeld where George decided to do the opposite of everything he thought he should do, and it was a total success? This is, uh, I've I've actually done that in gambling before when I've gotten on a bad streak to try to cure everything, so... uh, I could certainly understand that. All right, let's start then in college football. I'm going to start, typically, I'll give you all my picks. They're already up on OutKick. I've got, uh, I think, 14 picks this week, if I'm not mistaken. So there you go, Kelly. Uh, But by far the biggest game, I would say, of the weekend is Oregon on the road against Washington. Uh, This could be a Heisman Trophy deciding game, honestly, as we're sitting here at the halfway point, which is crazy to think about that we're already halfway through for many teams. You've got Bo Nix, who has been virtually unstoppable. you got Michael Penix Jr., who has also been essentially unstoppable. Washington looked really, really good the first three or four weeks of the season. Oregon has not really been challenged uh, so far either. And uh, and so the last I checked, we've got a round of two-point favorite for Washington. They're the home team. This next year will be a Big Ten game, which is also crazy to think about. I like Washington to find a way to get the win here. Um, And this, by the way, Kelly, there's only three Pac-12 teams, I believe, undefeated still on the season. So at a a maximum, there will be two after this game. How would you assess it? Do you like either side? A lot of people are taking the over. They expect it to be high scoring. How would you break it down? Sure, Clay. You want to take the under with these defenses? Absolutely not. I know this total is high, but it's high for a reason. As far as the side goes, I'd love to side with the better defense plus the points. That would be the Oregon Ducks. But I was not that high going on to the Ducks to start this season. I actually bet against them. You mentioned being challenged. Did we forget that game in Lubbock that took a pick six for this team to get to cover one of the worst beats of my life? 
I'm not going to take a side or the total here, but I would agree with you. I do think Washington is the better, more rounded team. Penix, one interception here on the season. Same with Bo Nix. We're going to find out here when the cream rises to the crop to the top, excuse me, but I do lean with you here with the Huskies. By the way, um, this, uh, this Miami game, I'm going to talk about Miami UNC. Are we not even talking enough about how insanely stupid Mario Cristobal's ending to that game was? I talked Kelly with my, you know, I've got the three boys and they play a lot of Madden. Um, it's probably their favorite game to play. And even my nine-year-old, who's in third grade, he just turned nine. He was like, Dad, I would I would never even do that in a Madden game. How does Mario Cristobal, who has been a head coach for a while, he's already had an issue at Oregon against Stanford in a similar fashion. How insanely dumb is this? Like, what would the equivalent be in any other profession? It's almost hard to think of being this dumb. I, I just have no words. I did not watch that game live. Of course, I saw the highlights that everybody else saw. I, I, to be fair, Kelly, sorry to cut you off. I saw the, like, uh, I flipped over and I was like, oh, there's a minute. I did the math and I legitimately turned it off and went to bed because I was not staying up for the SC game. I was like, I'm dead. I was down in Aggieland, went to that game, Texas A&M and Alabama, and I legitimately did check in and I said, oh, they've got the ball. There's no timeouts left. I did the math in my head and I was like, I'm just going to turn it off. I didn't see it till I woke up the next morning. Yeah, and why wouldn't you just change the channel? That was one of the worst coaching blunders I've seen, and it would almost be forgivable is not the right word because it's not forgivable, but it would almost be maybe, okay, this was just a mistake, but he's done it before when he was yeah. Oregon versus Stanford. So maybe he just doesn't understand the the actual analytics there. I'm not even sure what happened. It's not even analytics. It's just basic math, and I'm an imbecile. I took math, uh, you know, mathematical ideas in college with uh, with a bunch of other math idiots. I understood the math. Like, I flipped it on, Kelly. I did the math in my head. I was like, okay, the ma- there's no timeouts left. He can do that. Like, the clock's going to run out. I, so I, tell me if you think this is crazy. We know how good Drake May is. He's probably going to be the number two overall pick, assuming that Caleb Williams goes one. Uh, he played phenomenally last weekend. I think it was against Syracuse. Um, you know, they're undefeated. UNC is five and zero. They're at home. I think there's a hangover in this game, and and I'm actually surprised that UNC is only a three and a half point favorite. I think this is going to carry through. I think Mac Brown, UNC, they're they're a good home team already. I don't think Miami is going to travel very well. I think they're rattled. I think this is going to carry over. These are kids. They're young. I'm going UNC minus three and a half. I like UNC to win the game no matter what. Uh, but after the way that – and remember, they're playing against Georgia Tech, which is not a very good team in the first place. That The fact that that game was close is not a good sign. So I've got UNC. You buy into any impact from last week on this one? Uh, yeah, five turnovers, right? That didn't help things either in that Miami game versus Georgia Tech. So two questions. Are they rattled? And uh, did Mario Cristobal find somebody – that has better clock management skills than he did in the last week. I would have to agree with you here. Slight nod to UNC in this one. But Miami, man, it's got to be a rough week at practice. It's got to be a rough week in the media. We'll see how this one ends up playing out. But I I do think North Carolina will win this football game. All right. uh, Another game that is uh, that I'm sure you've seen the video that has gone viral of USC in Southern California, you lived in Vegas for a long time. It doesn't rain in Vegas very much anymore. I don't know if sometimes to prepare for gambling picks, you would like 
get sprayed with a fire hose or something to try to uh, equate what the weather conditions might be. Running around with a squirt gun effectively while they're preparing for some weather conditions. Our buddy Todd Furman, I don't know that anybody loves analyzing weather and how it impacts gambling more than Furman. Like, I mean, I the, the guy just gets giddy anytime there's a weather system rolling through. for uh, So I, I can only imagine how much time he spent crunching uh, AccuWeather or whatever. Um, USC can't stop anybody. They were fortunate to win in triple overtime against Arizona, Kelly. Um, I think Notre Dame coming off of what was really, let's be fair, a beatdown from Louisville. I think they're going to bounce back. I like Notre Dame. And I like the uh, under in this game. Do you have a read on SC Notre Dame? I do. And actually, I laid two and a half at Notre Dame on Monday. I think if you look at the resume right now, just on paper, Notre Dame has obviously played a tougher schedule than the Trojans. We know that to be a fact. Sam Hartman, I kind of wanted to bet against him last week with Louisville. I looked at that team really hard and I said, I can't do it. I have been burning money betting against the Irish this year. And, of course, you know what happens, of course, uh, because I didn't bet on it. But I will say this. Notre Dame is going to come, and they're going to play defense. This is the toughest defense SC has faced all season. SC can't stop a nosebleed, Clay, and that concerns me. Now, I know a lot of people think that it's going to be a high-octane, high-offensive battle. But if Notre Dame wants to win this one, their defense is going to have to force turnovers. There could be a defensive score in this game by the Irish, so I don't want to take the under. But USC's offense deserves the nod over the Irish, but I don't think that they're going to be able to get a defensive stop enough to be able to win this football game. I laid two and a half again with the Irish on Monday. I think they're the right side. All right, uh, A&M is on the road at Tennessee. I mentioned that I was in Aggieland with my two youngest kids, with Laura, my wife. Uh, I thought A&M was going to win an ugly game. I think that's what I said on the show with you uh, last week. I was wrong. Instead, Alabama won an ugly game. Now Tennessee coming off a of bye week, sitting at 4-1. Uh, uh, I'm on Tennessee minus 3.5 and, and the under. Um, and I think this is going to be a real defensive struggle. I think it will be an ugly game. Tennessee's better on the front seven than a lot of people would give them credit for. I'm not sold on Max Johnson, although I think A&M is very talented at wide receiver. Tennessee is great at running the football, but I don't think A&M is going to allow them to run. I think we'll see a somewhat similar uh, game plan to what we saw against Jalen Milrow, uh, where they they basically said A&M did. Milrow, you have to beat us. We're not going to allow it to happen otherwise. I like the Tennessee home crowd. I like the two weeks of rest. A lot of teams coming off against a physical team like Alabama. It takes a couple of weeks to recover. I like Tennessee to win this game, and I like the under. Uh, you have any strong reaction or side here? I didn't end up playing A&M yet, but they are on my long list. I agree with you, Clay. Looking on just first glance, I had Tennessee on Monday. I said, okay, what am I missing here with Josh Heupel off of bye? I don't think we need to discredit A&M just yet, right? So, obviously, second loss, sometimes you want to start looking at teams. Okay, we know that their bubble is burst because they're not going to win a national championship, essentially. Like, there would need to be a lot of chaos for that to happen. And Alabama, we spoke about this team last week about using three separate quarterbacks. Obviously, Milrow was able to go. They did squeak out that win. But Tennessee kind of scares me. I do think that this defense is solid. But they can't really stop the run. I would not be surprised to see AM be able to ground and pound this game. You mentioned a low-scoring game. 
I could see A&M winning this one 21-20. Just something absolutely gross. Shock balls nation at home, even though they shouldn't probably be that shocked. Well, I, yeah, I don't think there's anything that this Tennessee team is going to do after the way they performed in the first half against Florida that's going to shock anybody. All right, let me give you some more uh, that I've got jotted down here. I like South Carolina against Florida. Uh, I like Rutgers to handle Michigan State. Uh, we've talked about not on the show, but the moment they decided to part ways with Mel Tucker, which I think is absolutely ridiculous based on all the evidence there, Michigan State, like whatever you think about that, has been a shell of the team that they were before. Uh, I like Rutgers minus five and a half. I like the under in that one. Illinois, Maryland, Maryland's five and one. I like Maryland to cover. Illinois can't score. Iowa, Wisconsin, the under. Uh, Louisville, Pitt. I like Pitt plus seven and a half. I was mentioning I, I had Louisville to beat uh, Notre Dame, which they did pretty soundly. Do you think this Louisville team, which is six and zero, oh, you know how often this happens in college football? Team gets a big win, they go on the road. That seems like a big number to me for Louisville to cover, especially because the offense hasn't always been super productive. Uh, you have any strong lead? Let me give you one more game: uh, Mizzou uh, plus the points and the over. That's actually one of my blood banks. Do you have any read on any of those games? I know I just hit you with a bunch. Yeah, listen, I am not touching that Mizzou game. After last week and what that team did to me, uh, Brady Cook last second. That's a brutal non-cover. Brutal non-cover. second pick six this year that that just ripped my guts out, Clay. I was at brunch with a couple of my girlfriends, and I had a margarita just right in front of me, and I just was like, and my girlfriend goes, are you okay? Like, she thought, like, I got a text, like, just something horrific happened to me. And I go, uh, I just need a second. It was just brutal. Now, I know they were going to win that football game like I had thought. But come on, no cover there. Well, there's 30 seconds left also. And Brady Cook had gone, like, 400 passes going into that game without throwing an interception. And that was just such an awful pick six. And, Kelly, the LSU player shouldn't have scored. Right? Like, he should have taken a knee at the one or just slid down, and the game would have been over. Instead, he scored. So it wasn't just that you got basically the walk-off pick six for the cover. It was that really, from a game management perspective, he should have taken a knee. He should have. But you know what? These are still college kids, right? When Patrick Mahomes did it a few weeks ago, everybody lost their minds uh, in that Jets game. Well, that's a football play. That's what you're supposed to do. But still, absolutely and utterly disgusting. Uh, Pittsburgh's actually my best bet this week, Clay, uh, going back to that game. As I said, I was very mad at myself. I did not take Louisville with you. And that one stung a little bit. But now the hunter becomes the hunted, right? They were six and a half point home dogs. And now they're up to seven and a half, even probably going to see eight in this one. Pit off a bye, which doesn't say a lot. Coach Narduzzi and I have been going round and round for years, speaking of coaching blunders and kicking Field goals on fourth and goal or fourth and one, even worse. Look, Louisville, five takeaways in that Notre Dame game. That's kind of an anomaly here. I like Pittsburgh here at home plus the points. Do I think they can win this game? Possibly. I think this is a definite letdown spot here for Louisville. All right, I ran through a lot of games. Um, Do you have any other strong games that I didn't mention? What are your favorites in college football this week? So let's go Friday night here and kind of see what's going on Uh, In the Mountain West, as you mentioned, I lived in Las Vegas for a long time, so I loved this conference. It was always fun, always scrappy. I think Utah State has a chance to 
to beat Fresno State. I was on Wyoming last week. One of my lone winners, of course, zero money line dollars on that upset. But I do think this is going to be a great matchup. Now, Utah State, we know what its weakness is. Their run defense. I know right? nothing about Utah State, to be fair. I don't. When you say we know, I know nothing about Utah State. All right. Well, you know nothing, but we know a little bit about Fresno State, maybe? Yes. Little pass happy, right? This team, uh, over 300 passing yards per game, and that's actually where Utah State is going to be okay. Now, Colorado State did just absolutely run all over this team. That was not very much fun for the Aggies, but I think that if Fresno State is going to try to do the same, this one's going to be a lot closer. Fresno got a really benefiting schedule this year, but I do think that there is going to be an interesting player two in this game from the Utah State defense, keeping it within a touchdown. Six and a half is too many points here on Friday night, so I did play them. I, again, I agreed with you with Mizzou and Kentucky just running through the card here, but I cannot get to the window with this Mizzou team. Losing in those types of fashions sometimes make me just not want to back a team that second week. It can just be absolutely draining. I mean, these are college kids. Less, they're under 21 years old. That kind of stuff will take the wind out of yourselves. That's where coaching comes into play, actually. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz, not, I'm not a big fan of his coaching style, but let's see if he can't get his team up for that. But you and I do agree on South Carolina over Florida. I think that this Gamecocks defense is a liability. But as I said in the Tennessee game, which I was dead wrong on, but they did face North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. So, of course, your defense on paper is not going to be as good. Florida, as we know, Graham Mertz, just kind of a mediocre quarterback. I think South Carolina does win this one. It's a short number. Homecoming plays in a little bit there. Not that it's worth a uh, a point or two in the power ratings, but it is something for these kids to get up for. And last but not least, Clay, the late night special all the way in Hawaii. I'm betting against the San Diego State Aztecs. I know that they have a strong run defense, but we've seen this team just get ran all over, particularly by Air Force. That was another great pick by me a few weeks ago. This team just covered one of its last four games, and we know crazy things happen late night in Hawaii, even though it's not late night there. It's late night for us here on the East Coast. We'll see if this defense can't step up, make a play, keep it close there on the island. I've got um, to circle back around on that South Carolina game. Um, I believe South Carolina's opponents are 14-1 and one on the season, the three teams that they have lost against. Uh, so I think back home, it's still a really big deal when South Carolina can beat Florida. I really don't think Florida is very good. Um, I'm also a little bit tempted to take the over there because your point on the South Carolina defense, I do think points will be scored. Uh, but to give you my uh, blood banks, by the way, I love the over in Missouri at Kentucky. Um, and uh, to me, that is just uh, it's so easy to sort of analyze and break down. And uh, that, if I had to tap the veins, is uh, is my number one pick for the college football weekend. All right. I don't hate it. Look, this could be a, you know, 34-31 game, and it would not surprise me in the slightest. All right. So let's go to the NFL. I've got my outkick six-pack, the six different games that I am uh, that I'm confident in here. And I'm starting early. Uh, the Titans and the Ravens are playing in London. And again, I always feel like this is important because if you go out Saturday night, you stay up late for that Hawaii game like Kelly's talking about. 
there's a very good chance, I think, that you don't make it up in time, depending on what part of the country you're in particularly, to watch the start of this game. I like the under. Uh, Lamar Jackson has not been playing very well. Uh, if you watch that game against the Steelers, he turned the ball over a couple of times. I think the Titans will put some challenges on him. Um, and the Titans offense is very bad. I love the under 41 in the uh, the London early kick game. Do you have a take one way or the other on that one, Kelly? I lean towards the under here. London unders have been a thing uh, basically since its inception. But also, Ravens defense just held Pitt to 289 yards. Wouldn't be surprised with Tennessee's lackluster offense. Will be nice. Not saying anything too horrible about your Titans team. I can see the under here being a play. I have the Ravens winning the Super Bowl, Clay, and uh, <laughs> that's not, not a good bet. So, I was going to say it's not looking so hot right now. Uh, took them at twenty to one. We'll see if Lamar can't turn it around here and uh, not play a lousy game across the pond. But as far as the side goes, I don't think I really want any part of it. All right, so I know ninety nine percent of the money is going to be on this side that I'm about to tell you. I mean this this line. I get it. Every now and then there are lines that come out and you see them and you think to yourself, is that a misprint? What am I missing here? Uh, and I bet you know where I'm going. So obviously we have got an undefeated 49ers team, right? I mean, they are just running roughshod over everyone. We don't know if Deshaun Watson is even going to be willing to play. Yet, we've got the 49ers as under a touchdown favorite on the road at Cleveland. I'm just jumping on the 49ers under a touchdown. Uh, this line seems crazy to me. I'm not sure the Browns are going to be able to play, uh, to score on offense. I know that the Browns have a really good defense, but uncertainty and unhealthy at quarterback is not a good combination for me going up against maybe the team that has looked the best in the NFL uh, through five weeks. What am I missing, or are you going to roll with the public here? Yeah, I'm not going to touch this game, Clay. I uh, Do you agree with me the line just seems funky? It is definitely funky, but I'm not taking the Browns, and I'm a little adverse to laying road chalk. You brought up Todd Furman earlier. I remember way back in our Don Bass days, he said, kid, you're not going to get rich betting road chalk. Well, you will this year, I can tell you that much. Uh, I, I lean San Francisco in this one. I agree with you. It looks absolutely terrifying. But then you have this Cleveland defense that you mentioned allowed four touchdowns to Lamar Jackson this year. Uh, they also have an entire gauntlet of a schedule. I do not love this team, whether it's Deshaun Watson under center or not. I don't think it really matters. I don't think he's that good. This yeah. defense is going to make Brock Purdy look like the second coming of Joe Montana once again. I lean with the the Niners here. This one doesn't make sense to me either. Uh, Panthers at the Dolphins. We uh, talked about this last week. The Dolphins, I believe, were a 10.5-point favorite-ish against uh, the Giants. They covered. This number is now out to 13.5. Bryce Young and the Panthers haven't won a game yet. Uh, they've been, I, I would say, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, Bryce Young. He has not looked very good. I was going to say they've at least managed to compete at a high level, but that sounds like I'm talking about my, you know, eight-year-old's flag football team, um, and that's not necessarily the the way you want to define an NFL team. I'm going to go even with the big number here, 13 and a half. I'm on the Dolphins. Yeah, I saw the tweet this morning from John Ewing. Since 2003, winless NFL teams against the spread in October or later have gone 54% against the spread. Not that that's a wow number, but underdogs that are winless – a little bit higher, 58% against the spread. That's the Broncos, the Giants, 
the Giants, and the Panthers. And I still want no part of this Panthers team. I took them a couple of weeks ago against the Vikings. They had every opportunity to win that football game for me and could not get it done. They stepped up big on defense a couple of times, but then when it was all said and done, they could not. You've got a Miami team that is absolutely rolling since that Buffalo loss. And I think that that's what we're going to see from Miami. They're going to have a knockout, dragout fight every time they're in their division. But then as double-digit favorites, they are going to exploit some of these teams. This offense is so good, Clay. Let's look at this. Best third down teams. The Dolphins are number two, right behind the Niners. And those are some of the things that I'm starting to look at as far as a handicapping skills go. Sometimes we have the math guys, right? And they only base on their numbers. Well, the numbers say I should probably take the Panthers. But the eye test, if you look at the analytics, the coaching, Miami is not as high in the marketplace as they need to be. I think that I would not be surprised to see Miami run away with this one. I think it's going to be a very popular survivor pick again this week. Uh, certainly. Um, Colts, Jags. Minshew Mania going on the road back at where he got his start with Jacksonville. Um, I'm going to go on the over 46 and a half here. Um, look, the Jags went 2-0 and in London. Credit to them. That's big time. They're sitting at 3-2. and They're trying to establish that they are the best team in the AFC South. Remember, they already lost at home to the Texans, which is a very bad loss. I just think this is going to be a little bit of fireworks here. I think Minshew's going to come back, throw the ball all over the field. Jonathan Taylor, second week, should be a little bit healthier. Uh, this Jags defense at times has not shown up. Uh, I like the over 46 and a half in this one. Do you have any read at all? Yeah, you kind of have to wonder, does jet lag actually come into play? I mean, they were yeah. there for two weeks. Something just to look at. I'm not saying that I like the Colts here. I took the Colts week one. If you remember that one, Gardner Minshew came in for Anthony Richardson after he uh, basically tried to get a concussion week one on the goal line. And Minshew had three opportunities. And what did Shane Seichick do? He threw the ball three times. That was a very frustrating loss for me week one, as you can tell. Uh, Colts, always tough in Jacksonville. I think this game could be a coin flip either way. The, the Jags defense has not been as prolific as they were last season. Trevor Lawrence has just three touchdown passes in the last four games. We know Cal, Calvin Ridley was supposed to be this big breakout receiver this year. Well, guess what? He now leads the NFL in dropped passes. You know I know? Because he's on my fantasy team, Clay. He is so frustrating to watch. Uh, slightly lean towards the Colts. I love those divisional road underdogs under a touchdown, but I don't think I can get to this window with this team because I don't really trust them, right? We saw what their identity is. Jonathan Taylor, fresh legs. Maybe by Sunday, I can convince myself to bet the, the Colts, but as of right now, I'm going to pass. Um, Saints, Texans. I'm on the under. I know we hit the Saints uh, game against the Pats, and that one was my blood bank, and it hit because the Patriots' offense was so bad. Uh, and I, by the way, I'm going to talk about the Patriots here in a sec, but I like the under in this game. We know how good C.J. Stroud has been. Under just hitting their game against the Falcons, which we talked about last week. Uh, I think the Saints, a little bit of a mirage in terms of how many points they scored against the Patriots because there were so many turnovers and so many uh, ill-conceived uh, offensive playmaking uh, opportunities from uh, the Patriots. But, again, at some point, Saints have a solid defense. I think they will have success against the Texans. I'm going under 42 and a half in this one. Yeah, 42 and a half. Why isn't this one 
40 and a half or 39 yeah. and a half. That kind of scares me. All five Saints games have gone under and a combined total of less than 37 points. So it's a really interesting one. They've also only scored fewer than 21 points in four of the five games. This looks like a dead-on-under team. Kind of follow those streaks in the NFL. There's always good beat writers out there that tweet about them. I, I'm a streak person. If it keeps hitting, you play it till it loses. Uh, Houston's only given up 14.6 per games in the last three weeks. On the defensive side of the ball, I love C.J. Stroud. I've been very impressed with them. No interceptions thus far. That could change this weekend, and that could put this one over the total if there's a pick six. Derek Carr has not impressed me, uh, at least from the offensive side of things, and, and that win over the Patriots didn't do me any favors with the Saints team. I kind of think Houston might squeak out the win here. I expect uh, a coin flip towards the end, but I agree with you, Clay. you got to take the under or pass. All right, last one for me for the outkick six-pack. Raiders in Vegas, minus three against the Patriots. I, I just think the Patriots are done. I think Mac Jones is broken as a quarterback with this Patriot offense. Um, I, I think that Bill Belichick seems uh, like basically that he's given up on this team in some uh, on some level. The fact that we're even talking about Belichick being on the hot seat. Remember, Kelly, there was a decade's worth of at least debate who's more important to the Patriot dynasty, Brady or Belichick. I don't even think there's anybody who would argue Belichick anymore. He's a 500 coach essentially without Brady. The Patriots are bad. I think the Raiders are not great, but I think they're good enough to beat the Patriots by three at home, so I'm on the Raiders minus three. Yeah, I didn't have the guts to take the Raiders at home on Monday night versus the Packers. I had them teased early in the week, and then I came back and teased the Packers on the other side. Luckily, I got it there. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Seven interceptions in four games, but I also don't trust Mac Jones. 0-12 against the spread as an underdog. Neither one of these teams is very good. Uh, Max Crosby is probably the best uh, defensive player there. Uh, probably the only one. Josh Jacobs, uh, okay. And then, you know, their MVP, Daniel Carlson, who missed two field goals on Monday night. That was not fun uh, for me when I had the prop bet on the over one and a half field goals made. But yeah, I, I there was a long period of time where I said, I'm not betting against Belichick. Well, that time has come and gone. Patriots no doubt. outscored 72 to three against the Saints and the Cowboys. That's just disgusting. I want no part of New England. Slight nod here with the Raiders, but man, I hope Jimmy and his uh, his interception problem does not come back to haunt you. Let's hit a couple of primetime games. Broncos-Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos, I mean, the home loss, I took that one on the chin. I didn't think they would lose to the Jets. That's tomorrow night uh, on Amazon, the Thursday night football game. Uh, and then Monday night, uh, well, I guess Sunday night we've got the Giants and the Bills, and then Monday, Cowboys-Chargers. Those are the ones that the largest number of people are going to be watching. Do you feel strongly about any of those three? Clay, I need you to promise me that next time you want to lay points with the Denver Broncos, you're just not going. Yeah, I know. That was I'm a bad move. I took the Jets. I did not. So this is not like some hindsight is twenty twenty thing, but I told myself before that Bears game, you do not lay points with this team. This team is an absolute and utter disarray, free fall. And they have been since they lost to the Commanders. That was a disgusting loss at home. I don't know. I really like Sean Payton. I thought he was going to make Denver better. But somehow they're worse than they were last season. You've got Russell Wilson 5-15 and 15 as Denver's starting quarterback. Kansas City, though, maybe there's a little bit of uh, trouble in paradise. Travis Kelsey's still banged up. Kansas City has beaten Denver 15 straight times, 9-4-1 and one against the spread. 
I'm not laying it, but I'm definitely not taking the Broncos here. As far as Sunday night goes, you want any part of the New York Giants? You got Bills, though, also <laughs> no. coming back from London, losing to Jacksonville. And there. the numbers all the way out over two touchdowns, Kelly. That's a big number in an NFL game. It is. But you know what? Big favorites historically have done really well. Okay, so Saquon, have we heard if he's coming back? Andrew Thomas, you know, their best offensive lineman has been hurt. Daniel Jones, there's a third Todd Furman reference. You know what I saw this morning on the email from the fantasy team? Todd Furman dropped Daniel Jones. Of course he did. <laughs> you blame him? So if Daniel Jones isn't a go, are we going to see Tyrod Taylor? Maybe that's part of the line. Maybe somebody knows something I don't know. I want nothing to do with this game. You would think Buffalo would have a nice bounce back spot here, but I'm not so sure. All right. What about the Cowboys, Kelly? Because I, I, I tweeted this out during the game uh, on Monday night. It sometimes feels to me like the Cowboys basically exist to ensure that sports talk radio and sports talk television have a topic. Dak, in particular, his entire career is basically on that line of is he or isn't he a really good quarterback? And it doesn't ever feel like there's a middle ground game. They either look like Super Bowl champs or they look like, uh, you know, a top five drafting team that is totally incompetent. They got wrecked by the 49ers. The score could have been worse than it was. We know that the Chargers have been constantly, uh, you know, the team that snags defeat from the jaws of victory. They lost their first two. They fought back. They had a bye week. I actually think there's value here on the Chargers um, as the as the home underdog. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, uh, given what we saw from Dallas. How do you break it down? I would be inclined to be on the Chargers here. Yeah, I would love to, but do you know who their head coach is? Brandon Staley. I cannot trust this man. And you trust Mike McCarthy? Okay, well, that's a <laughs> we haven't even got to that yet. But yes, if you want me to pick, if I have to choose between Mike McCarthy and Brandon Staley, yeah, that's how low we've fallen here. Poor Justin Herbert. You have to feel bad for this guy. You would like to think primetime uh, Monday night home underdogs. I would love to back the Chargers here. But you know what I'm going to do, Clay? The Chargers are in a perfect teaser spot. Why? Because all four of their games this year have been decided by seven points or less. I think that they can keep it within a touchdown. Absolutely here. But I do not trust either one of these head coaches. Dallas, as you mentioned, they either look like Super Bowl champs or they they do bonehead things like lose as 12.5-point favorites on the road to the Cardinals. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. You've got you've got to really look at this from a team coming off a bye. You've got to look at it from, did da is Dallas really as bad as we last saw, right? Would you say that the Niners are the best team in the NFL right now, Clay? Yes, I would. Okay. So I think you have to. I think you would too, right? So I think from a from a uh, eyeball, like we're looking at the eye test perspective, you've got to take that into consideration. No team is as bad as they looked the previous week or as good as they looked. So let's kind of keep that loosely here. But I do think Chargers, excellent teaser spot. I would not be surprised to see them win this football game. But I don't want to take my chances. What? Uh, okay, the, the, I gave you my six. Those will be up on the site. You Do you have any super strong uh, leans or bets that we haven't discussed so far in the NFL slate? Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm laying the touchdown here with this team. This one's already been bet up. Six and a half was the opener. And Arizona going to be without their best running back. I know, because he's also on my fantasy team. James Conner uh, is hurt. 
And that's pretty much what we've seen from Arizona. They've been able to have just enough offense to keep them in football games. I mentioned teams don't look as bad as they did the week before. You know, everybody told me Sean McVay knows gambling when he kicked that field goal. Well, last week he sure didn't care about gambling when they had a chance to get the back door against the Eagles for me. That was my best bet. And yes, that was kind of a, a weird letdown spot going into this Cardinals game. But I do think this Cardinals team, we finally started to see who they really are, right? They had a little bit like a blip on the radar there when they beat the Cowboys. They were in the mix versus the Giants. Now we've kind of started to see who they really are. This team is not tanking. Teams don't tank. Owners tank. Head coaches aren't going to tank. These guys are playing their butts off, but they just don't have the talent. You know enough about Josh Dobbs. And I think what we finally see is now defensive coordinators do as well. I expect this Rams defense to step up in ways they didn't last week. Look, I think Jonathan Gannon, first time, you know, head coach. We'll see what he can kind of come up with here. But Sean McVay, definitely the coaching edge here. I will say, I thought that last week that Bengals line was a little cheap. I didn't have the guts to lay the points on the road. Was correct about the Cardinals. They are who we think they are. Anybody else you love? Not anything else that I've played yet. Uh, on my long list, you're going to think this is absolutely and utterly disgusting. I'm trying to convince myself to bet the Vikings on the road at Chicago, but I'm not going to do it. They're like I a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now, they right? They are. I have to show some discipline here because this is a Vikings team that appears that they don't want to win football games they're supposed to win, and then they win football games against teams like the Panthers. Look. Justin Fields, DJ Moore, they put on an absolute show in that win over the Commanders, taking out one of my uh, survivor teams. Look, Dick Buck has passed away. We found out that after the game. Sometimes those, like, motivational games do a lot. Bears defense stepped up in a big way. Uh, Washington was sacked. A uh, Washington quarterback was sacked a ton of times here. But I'm starting to see the inverse of what we saw from last year. They were 11-0 in those one-possession games. Now they're just 1-4 this year. I'm sure that if I don't lay the 2.5 on the road, Minnesota is going to run away with this one. If I do, they're going to lose the game in Chicago. So I'm going to stay away. But, man, I wanted to love the Vikings so much this week, Clay. Oh, the Bears also have the couple of extra days rest and uh, and all those factors as well coming off. That was the Thursday night win they put up on the Commanders, right? Yeah, uh, all right. She is Kelly Stewart at Kelly in Vegas. I am, of course, Clay Travis. This is The Fade. We'll be back with you next week. May you all make a lot of money. And remember, tap the veins and get rich, kids. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks, Clay. 